Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to another Tough Truth podcast on Facebook Live. I'm Minister Jonathan Edward Wright. I'm so excited that you're able to be with me today. God is such a good God, and it's been such a wonderful day. We got another sunny Sunday in the state of Ohio. We've had quite a few sunny Sundays. I've been up here doing this podcast. I've looked out the window, and it's been been sunny, quite a few of them. I just thank God for it. It's it's crisp and cold. Uh, It's uh, early December. So that is to be expected, but it's been a really beautiful day today. I trust that uh, the Lord has been with you the last two weeks, and he's guided you and protected you. Uh, We got into national corruption two weeks ago, part one. I got about halfway through it, and I want to pick up where I left off in uh, in the spirit of the world, uh, particularly the pride of life, and uh, go from there. We're going to deal with some specific statistics. Now, this is concerning the United States of America. And then we're going to talk about uh, how, how a nation becomes corrupt, the process. And I'm also going to just, this will be some dry stuff that I'm talking about, but I'll just, I'm just going to talk about a few of the uh, civilizations in the past that, that ended up declining and no longer uh, exist because of corruption. But I just thank you for being able to join me today. Whether it's on Facebook Live, during the live telecast, or it's later on, you know, in the recording of it, or... It's on YouTube, Rumble, or audio podcast. Now, I thought that uh, some, some of the numbers that were going up on my audio podcast were phony baloney, and I wasn't, you know, real confident. I, I wanted to think that it was the case. It showed me, like, go up, like, the, the National Corruption Podcast, audio podcast, went up, like, you know, four, it was almost 5,000 downloads, you know, and I'm not, not even close to that on any other messages. And uh, it showed like one particular hour, it was like 3,000 some downloads. And I thought it was a little odd. And then uh, it reset and then it was, you know, a little bit more modest. Showed me I have like 600 and some. And now it's back down to a number that's to be expected. So that was all, yeah, that was all. I don't know, it was a computer glitch. Uh, somebody had uh, done something with their servers, the particular company. <coughs> Excuse me. But... Yeah, it wasn't legit. <laughs> so I was, I was, I was, I was praying and believing, hoping it was, but it did grow though. It, the numbers went up. Uh, this particular uh, uh, subject, national corruption, that I did uh, part one is showing the highest numbers I've showed so far, and it has to do with the subject matter. I'm sure of that. Before we get into this today, I want to go to the Lord in prayer and just ask Him to bless our time together, and uh, that He will be here. He'll anoint me. Uh, and give me the uh, right words to say and the right spirit, and he'll be there with you. And he'll open up your ears, and he'll give you perspective in what I'm saying. May you grow in his word. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just come in your name, Jesus Christ, Lord. I just thank you for the day you've given us, God, for the wonderful time, Lord, we've had in uh, my local church, God, and the times and the words and, and, the, and the music and the ministry and the prayers that went out across the world, God. I just thank you, Lord, that you've been with each and every one of those who listen to my podcast or watch my podcast, God. You're growing them in your grace. You're growing them in your wisdom. You're growing them and maturing them in Christ. I just ask, God, that you anoint my words now, that you give me, God, the right mindset, proper perspective. May May I portray your word as you desire me to portray it. I ask that the Holy Spirit comes now and is here in a mighty, mighty way. And moves through this podcast. And God, if there are those who are who are unsaved, who stumble across this, whether it's now or it's a long time from now, God, that they'll sense your love, they'll sense your grace, and they'll repent and they'll turn to you. And they'll receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I just thank you, God, once again, for enabling me to do this. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. I see my sweetheart saying hi all the way from... Disney in Florida. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous, but honey, you have a good time down there. I'm sure it's uh, uh, wonderful and uh, can't wait to see you. So let's get into this subject, national corruption, and let's let's pick up where we left off. Uh, Proverbs 14.34 is our text. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And that is the basis of what I'm talking about. Righteousness exalts a nation, 
builds it up, lifts it up, but sin is a reproach to any people. Sin, sin, sin causes decline and corruption in a nation. And it starts with the individual. We're going to get into that today. It starts with an individual. And it propagates. Propagates. We talked last week. Well, it's two weeks ago, not last week. Last time, I'll say that. Sin brings shame. Uh, sin corrupts. Sin propagates or spreads. And sin destroys. Then we went into 1 John 2.16. And we, we looked at the three... Uh, aspects of the spirit of the world. And we looked at lust of the flesh, Romans 7.18 is what we looked at, lust of the eyes, Proverbs 27.20. And now we're going to look at pride of life, and that's in Proverbs 16.18. So let's look at Proverbs 16.18. You know, you hear a whole lot about pride nowadays. One particular... Uh, segment of the population, you hear about pride. Um, the Bible has a lot of things to say about pride. And it's not, uh, it's not something you want to be uh, exemplifying, so to speak, according to Scripture. So let's look at Proverbs 16, 18. And we're talking about the pride of life. Pride goeth before destruction in a haughty spirit before a fall. So if you, <clears throat> if you, Live your life with this proud sense of entitlement uh, that, that you're so concerned about arriving as a human being, as people looking up to you, as you having this and you having that, and look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. The Bible says that pride goeth before destruction, that it will ultimately eat you up and corrupt you. And in, in, in a haughty spirit, that's a haughty spirit. Have you ever known anybody with a haughty spirit? Uh, I have, and it's uh, it's not something that one should desire to have. Uh, it's basically the old saying: the person is full of themselves, themselves or themselves, or whatever you, how you want to say that. And that is so very, very true. And there's so many people that have that haughty haughtiness and and uh, refuse to uh, talk to certain people and refuse to be seen with a certain segment of the population because if I get seen with them was Jesus that way? No. Jesus went to the very down and out, the poor, the prostitute, you know, the demon possessed. Uh, drug addiction wasn't really an issue back then, but he went to the alcoholics and so on and so forth. And that's the type of people that as Christians we need to rub shoulders with. Uh, the needy. The truly needy. And we can't be so proud think that we've arrived and we're better than that. The Bible says that that's the spirit of the world, according to 1 John 2.16. Let's look at 1 John 2.16 real quick. I'll just reiterate that. 1 John 2.16. All right, here we go. For all that is in the world, okay? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. We talked about that last week. So pride of life is the third uh, aspect of this. And it's all just about this, this <clears throat> the spirit of the world. Of just living, you know, for, for now and living for natural things. And your whole life is eaten up with uh, uh, your current status and you have no eternal perspective whatsoever. You're not thinking about eternity. All you're thinking about is how much fun I can have and who I can have it with and, and who I can be with and how much money I can have and where I can live and look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. The Bible teaches that's the spirit of the world. And as Christians, we're not supposed to be that way. I may have some unbelievers watching me and you may be like, well... What you're saying, you know, that's how I feel. I don't like it, but well, I'm telling you, brother, my brother and sister, that the Bible says that that's something you shouldn't desire to have. It's the spirit of the world. And ultimately, it'll cause you to become corrupt. And you will never be the person God's intended you to be. Then you'll never be used of the Lord as God has intended to use you. And unfortunately, if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
you're not going to spend eternity with him. You're going to spend eternity in a place called hell. That's the reality of the Bible. We don't like to talk about it. That's the reality of Scripture. And I'm not here to sugarcoat, candy coat, or just talk about positives. Um, we need to talk about the negatives in life and the world as well. And, uh, and, and uh, address them. So we've taken care of the, of the spirit of the world, the lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, through uh, two weeks ago's message, part one, and today. So let's move on to nation in decline. And we looked at this scripture as well. And uh, it's a sobering scripture. Sobering scripture. Mark 8. And we're going to look at verse 36. Mark 8, verse 36. I want to say hello to everyone joining me and uh, all those who are listening to the audio podcast. Um, I don't really have any communication with you unless, you know, you've joined my Facebook page or something. And I know there's there's some faithful people that have been downloading the audio podcast ever since I started that. And I'm so thankful that you've uh, been so faithful and consistent. And, and I pray that it's ministering to you and you're growing in the grace of the Lord and knowledge of the Lord. So let's look at Mark 8, 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And I talked about this last podcast. This is saying that you could gain the whole world. In other words, you are the most powerful human being on the planet. You're in control of everything. You can have as much of anything you can think of. That's natural pleasures. Related to your flesh. Related to your five senses. You're in control of all of it. And everybody. What does that profit you if you get all that and you lose your soul? And you burn in hell for eternity. That is what that scripture is saying. Those are Jesus' words. You know, we want to think that Jesus went around just teaching sweetie, sweet, love, love, everybody, cutesy, cutesy stuff. But he did not. He did not. He... he called people vipers and talked about burning hell and, and, and rebuked and, you know, and reprieved. And it tells us, and Paul told us in, uh, in his letters to rebuke and reprieve and speak the truth in love. So the nation is in decline because of the spirit of the world. I live in the United States of America, and I know I have some brothers and sisters that listen to my podcast, watch my podcast from other parts of the, of the world, and uh, I feel so honored and privileged that I live in America. For all the bad that's here, we're still the greatest nation. I consider the greatest nation in the world. And uh, it's because we started with godly concepts. <laughs> we honored God, but we're pulling away from that, unfortunately. We're pulling away from that. And we're seeing the results of it. Corruption is everywhere. Corruption is everywhere. Just remember that <clears throat> there are three main things. Three main things that are evidence of a, of, of a nation going corrupt. And what becomes the, the goal of human beings when a nation goes corrupt. Money, power, and sex. That is what causes corruption when people lust after those things. And they think that they're going to fulfill themselves with that. That was what corrupts a nation. You look at all the things that are going on in the United States of America's government and all the shady deals and all the all the hyperinflation and all the 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 things that go on from both sides of the aisle, not just one side. Sin is sin, evil is evil, regardless of whether it's got an R on it, a D or an I. I'll say three sides of the aisle. And everything in between. It's all sin according to scripture. And we all need a savior, regardless of our age, our race, uh, where we are in life, monetarily. It doesn't matter. 
We all need Christ. Christ died for all. Particular things that have happened in this country. Um, there's some statistics online that I've, I've looked into concerning the United States of America. There's this push within the educational system to become a secular society. This country was never a secular society. It was never designed to be a strictly secular society with no religious mentalities or ideologies involved in it. But it's becoming that way. It's called liberal progressive ideology. And what they want is they want a, they want a society that denies God. That's built strictly on science. That's strictly on education. It's strictly built on the five senses. And they want to quench and they want to quiet down and they ultimately want to stomp on anyone who comes against that. And it's it's in our education system. The recent survey says a belief in God trend is trending down to 81% believe in God in a recent survey. Now, that isn't even good. You know, you, well, 81%, that's pretty good, Jonathan. But what God are they believing in? And are they truly born again, saved and born again, filled with the Holy Spirit and following God's word? Or are they just following a God of their own makeup? Uh, I find that Christians tend to do that. We tend to, we make Jesus into whoever we want Jesus to be. You know, well, I don't like that. I don't like that aspect of Jesus. I'm just going to focus in on this other one. <laughs> and it's such a shame, but it's true. I see people doing that. And, it's not a good thing. So 81% say they believe in God in this country. And it's going, it's went down. It was higher one time. And the secularists, I mean, those in, in the uh, secular colleges and in the, the high schools, elementary schools, and they, they love it. They're like, oh, yes, that's what we want. We want a secular society because we're going to prove. We're going to prove. If you give us enough time, mankind is going to prove the Bible completely wrong. Just give us enough time. We'll do it. Science. We can't even cure cancer. We can't even stop people from dying. And we're going to take over the... You know, total insanity. Total insanity. Human beings are so frail, so weak. Yet we're so puffed up with pride. And they just think that we, we are like the supreme existence of the universe. And, our brains are just so powerful and we just have so much education and so much knowledge and we can just thwart and you know we don't we don't need to submit to a holy god we don't need to submit to his word we don't need to stop sinning we don't need to to be filled with the holy spirit we don't need to act in in the spirit of the lord we just all we need is everything we can see in our minds and just satisfy our flesh and that's why this country is going in decline. And that's why other civilizations have ceased to exist because of that mentality. In this country, United States of America, and this is also true of many places in the world, we have no empathy for life. No empathy for life. 61% of Americans polled recently say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. So that's over half of our population. Majority of our population says that abortion, you should be able to take life out of convenience anytime you feel like it, any way you feel like it, and it's okay. You know why they feel that way? Because they don't really believe in eternity. They don't really believe in a God who's going to judge them. And it's a nation in decline. Life is life. You know, we go around and we try to protect, oh, don't, don't, <clears throat> don't, don't do anything to those, those turtle eggs. Don't, 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 don't do anything to that, 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 uh, that eagle's uh, nest. Then we slaughter our babies. Does it make any sense? It's paganism. 
When you begin to honor the creation more than the creator, the Bible calls that paganism. It talks about it in, the, in Romans chapter 1. And when you're, you're more concerned about saving turtle eggs somewhere than you are human beings, then you're in paganism. And there goes a motorcycle. I don't know if you hear that or not. <laughs> that guy's in some cold weather riding that motorcycle. But that's the truth of the word. That's the truth of the word of God. The, word, the Bible clearly teaches that life begins at conception. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. It doesn't teach what life begins at your first breath. That's nonsense. That's a misunderstanding of Genesis. You get people that start quoting scriptures. They don't even believe the Bible, but they quote and they misquote scripture. Take them out of context. The Bible clearly teaches that life begins at conception. You believe that about animals? You wouldn't say, well, a turtle, turtle be good. It, it's not a turtle until it comes out of the egg, you know. So, well, if, if that's the case, then let me go smash the eggs. Why not? So, you know, this is people are in denial. That's what it is. Sin causes you to be in denial. Sin causes you to be in denial. So there's no empathy for life. That's another example of a decline, a nation in decline. Alcohol and drugs. Alcohol and drugs. 100, this is another statistic. I'm going to throw some stats at you today. I know this isn't all flowery, wonderful stuff, but it's the it's reality of where we're at, at in the United States of America. 107,622 drug overdose deaths in 2021. That's a 15% increase. You know where all those drugs are coming from? They're coming across the border. They know where they're coming from. And they know where the sources are. They don't want to stop it. It's all about, again, power, money, and sex. That's what it's about. It's all about control. And there's no empathy for life because if there was, if there was, well, there was empathy for life, we would do something about this. The powers to be, those in the higher places are corrupt. They don't want to stop this. They're paid off. They have ulterior motives. I might not make a lot of friends. I hope this gets all the way. I hope somebody in the White House hears this podcast. This is the truth. You're paid off. You're just corrupt and you want power. Any way you can get it. And that's the truth. And you don't care how many people die. 52,000 alcohol-related deaths in 2021. That's a 34% increase. That's significant. 34% increase is significant. That's a lot of deaths. That's right around 160,000 deaths in this country between uh, alcohol and drugs in 2021. So there's no empathy for life. Nobody cares. And why do people take drugs? And why do people do become alcoholics? They, because... They're trying to, to relieve the pain and the suffering and they're trying to fulfill something in themselves. They're, they're reaching out again with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And then it doesn't fulfill. What's it ultimately do? It ultimately destroys them. It ultimately corrupts them. Here's another statistic. This is, and this is involving sexual immorality. 50% divorce rate for the first time. First time people get married. First time. It's 50% divorce rate, so that's half. 60% for second marriage and 73 for a third. I don't like those stats, but you have to ask yourself, why? Why, uh, why is the divorce rate so high? And the reason the divorce rate is so high is because people get married for the wrong reasons. They're not in covenant with each other. They don't really truly love each other. They get, they get married for, for all the wrong reasons. And unfortunately, you know, uh, you get somebody that doesn't want to submit to God's will and, and correct the issues in a marriage, and he ends up in divorce. 
And that's a sad statistic. And it's a breakdown. Most, most of our problems in, in the United States of America is a breakdown of the American family. We're no longer family-oriented. We're no longer close. On a consistent basis, across the board, you got too many uh, single moms raising kids. You got too many deadbeat dads. You got people hooked on drugs and to drinking alcohol and being promiscuous all over the place and producing babies and aborting some of them and keeping some of them and misusing the system. Living off the system. This is just truth. I know it's not. It's not fun. Here's another one that I can understand because I had this issue. I had this issue. God's healed me of it, delivered me of it. 40 million adults regularly visit porn sites. 40 million regularly visit porn sites. And that's male and female. That's not just male. What is that? That's the lust of the flesh. According to 1 John 2.16. I know what it is. I know what it is to have that problem. God delivered me of it, but he laid me flat on my back. Took everything away from me. But he delivered me. And I'm so thankful for it. And he can deliver you, my brother and sister. If you, if you need prayer, if you need to reach out, I'm here. I'll pray for you because I know what it is to deal with that. And God is such a good God. He's such a good God. And he will fulfill your desires. He will bring someone into your life that loves you and that cares about you. You don't need that stuff. You don't need that garbage. It's, it's a, it gives you a false sense of reality. It's a fantasy land. It's a fantasy trip. It's not reality. It just corrupts you. It corrupts you. The Bible talks about that. It's the one sin that you're, you're sinning against your own body. And you don't need that, my brother and sister. I'll pray for you. You contact me. You contact me on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble. Um, and I'll pray for you. Send me, send me a message, a messenger. I'll pray for you. Another aspect of a nation in decline, and we're seeing that in this country, is violence. Violent crime is up 4%. Now, that's not like a huge number, but, I mean, you think about it. You hear the news, you know, the constant uh, uh, talk about uh, so-and-so went into, you know, the mass shootings, uh, you know, went into a place and shot it up and killed a whole bunch of people. And, yes, of course, that those things have happened for years, and we, we our news is immediate now, the technology we have, but there seems to be an upbeat in it. There's, a, there's an increase in mental illness. And COVID uh, uh, took a number on people. Suicide's up. Depression's up. Anxiety's up. Uh, we're seeing a decline in church attendance because of COVID. People are losing hope. But there is a hope. There's a balm in Gilead, and his name is Jesus Christ. And if you embrace him and you begin to live your life according to his word and his ways... He will bless you. As far as the east is from the west, your sin will be no more. God is a good God. God is a good God. So violence is up. I can think of one particular city. I'm going to say it. Chicago. I mean, it's like, I don't know how many people die there a week with guns, you know, through gunfighting. But it's a significant number. And those in control there just act like it's not happening. Well, it ain't happening. It, you know, it ain't our fault. It's a liberal city with liberal politics, liberal mentalities, and they're wondering why it's happening. Gosh, I wouldn't know why. Denial. That's one very strong aspect of sin is denial. If you don't confess it and, and recognize it, confess it, and ask God to help you with it, and turn... Turn from it and go the other direction. It doesn't mean turn back back the same direction. It's a 180. Back yet to go the opposite direction. East is from the west. When you're in denial, you ultimately become corrupt. That's what the Bible says. Scripture's clear on that. Greed. We see that aspect of corruption. We have hyperinflation right now. Prices for goods are up 7% this year. We see that everywhere in our fuel, good groceries, and you go to fast food anymore. Good Lord, you can't get a combo anymore for, I think maybe you can get a decent meal for $5, maybe, somewhere. <coughs> Something that used to cost, you know, 
I don't know, four or five dollar combo at like Wendy's or something. Now it's like ten, eleven dollars. It's absolutely insane the prices. I mean, two people can't hardly go out to eat anymore for less than thirty dollars anywhere. The hyperinflation that that comes with greed. That comes with whoever's in control and and the power and the rules and the laws and the things that they make causes that. Causes that. You get too many fat cats sitting around with all the money and all the control. But God's a good God. If you if you operate according to His principles, you you uh, give on a regular basis, tithe, give, give offerings uh, according to His word, what he, he puts in your heart to do, and you support the work of God and you do it the correct way, God's going to bless you. You don't need this world system. And I, I can take you take that to the bank. No pun intended, but you can take that to the bank. I know it for a fact. God's a good God. And there's this lust for power. Lust for power. You hear rumors of war. Fighting over oil and natural resources. That's what's going on right now with Russia and Ukraine. It's all about power. It's all about Russia wanting their original land back. China's going to have the, has the same problem with Taiwan. And that's what causes these wars. It's a lust for power. It's a lust for a mentality to take over uh, these different nations. Want their mentalities and their their understanding of communism and their their ideas to t slowly take over the world. And that's what causes them. And then the resources, uh, the need for resources, causes them to invade other countries. And you end up with thousands, even millions of people. World War II, there was over seventy million people killed. It's a sad statistic, but it's the truth. It's all just about power. And the devil is, is, is the responsible for it. And those things that we looked at, lust of power, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. That is what it's all about. That's, that's what's causing it. It's just really that simple. It's not that complicated. Let's look at three levels of corruption. Okay? Now we're going to look at three levels of renewal. I'm not going to just talk about the bad and how bad it is and how it how it becomes increases, but I'm going to give you some some ideas on what you can do as an individual to stop the corruption in your own life. Let's look at three levels of corruption. Let's look at James one fourteen. The first one we're going to look at is personal. That's where it starts. It starts with an individual first, and then it's transferred. James one fourteen. There's no, there's no such thing as just sin only affecting you as an individual. It, when you sin, it's affecting other folks, no matter how you want to look at it. It's affecting, affecting other people. Um, take pornography, for instance. You know, you, the Bible teaches, well, you're sinning against your own body. But you think about it. You're watching other people commit sin. And getting pleasure from other people getting committing sin. So they're affecting you. And you're keeping them, supporting them and watching and getting on those websites and paying money or whatever you do. Going to strip clubs, paying for prostitutes, whatever you may be doing. So you're affecting others. You're corrupting others with your sin. And they're corrupting you with their sin. It's impossible not to corrupt other people when you sin. But the good gospel news is that works the opposite way. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. James chapter 1 verse 14. We're talking about three levels of corruption, where it starts. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So it starts there. It starts with the individual. The Bible says then when sin uh, is conceived, it brings forth death. So we see that the, the levels of corruption, the first one being personal, that's where it starts. It starts in each individual. That's where it started in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. The Bible says that they both sinned, and God considered them both Adam, technically. And, you know, Eve was the one that was first, you know, conned. And then she ultimately, you know, and, and, and Adam wasn't strong enough to see through it and caved in. See how that transference happens? 
And that's not a good thing. That's how, how it begins to, to work through society, and it corrupts. So, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And then sin ultimately brings forth death. So it starts with the individual. Now let's look at the next step in that process. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20, way back into the Pentateuch. Exodus chapter 20, 4 through 6, verses 4 through 6. This is what I want to talk, mention, or say, or call, or title, however you want to state it. Generational corruption. Generational corruption. Exodus 20, 4 through 6. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is not is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord God, am a jealous God, visiting, now listen to this, visiting the iniquity of the fathers, the sin, that's what iniquity is, sin, upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So you see that generational transference of sin? You think about it. You get, I don't know, you have a you have a family, you have a father who's an alcoholic, and his behavior affects his decisions, affects his life, causes him to be violent towards his wife and kids, causes him to not be able to keep a job. See how that affects it? See how it affects generation? And then what, what happens is they, they're hurt by the behavior. And then it, it affects their life. and affects their decisions. It, it, it corrupts. It's a level of corruption. It just works through one step to the next to the next. And then their corruption can affect somebody else and so on and so forth. It's seed time harvest. That's what it is. It's seed time harvest. Uh, the Bible clearly teaches that seed time harvest, you know, that it's cause and effect, and that sin was from personal to generational. According to these scriptures, it, you know, passes down from the father upon the children, the third and fourth generation. And you can stop it. It can be stopped. There can be a repentance, thank God. Hamartia, you miss the mark, you sin. That's, that's the Greek word for sin. You can turn, you can turn, you can turn, and you can start a new process in your family, in yourself first, and then in your family, and others that, that you care about and are in your life. But you have to make that decision. You have to recognize the sin and the weakness and, and repent of it and make a change. Let's look at how then the nation gets corrupt. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. I hope I'm making some sense here. I hope. I hope someone is learning uh, what the Bible has to say about this subject. And I just thank everyone who's joining me, who, who will see this in, in delay or hear it on an audio podcast segment. I'm just so thankful for you. So let's look at um, national corruption, Matthew 12, 25. This is how it begins to happen. Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. So Jesus brought it right down. He brought it from an entire kingdom to a city down to an individual family home. Jesus said that no, no nation can sustain corruption long term. That includes the United States of America. That includes the United States of America. If we don't see a mighty move of God's Spirit and a change, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. And unfortunately, we're being judged right now. God can, God can step in, and we can see a mighty move of His Spirit, and we can see change. But we got to be praying and believing for it, and we got to be operating in His faith, and we got to be speaking His word and speaking His faith, and, 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 and fighting against the levels of darkness and corruption that we see. 
and first it begins in us, and then it, it flows through the family unit, and then it flows through, you know, cities and town, and then into the nation. This can be a godly nation again. We can see statistics where 100% people say they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and are born again. We can see those stats. We just have to believe the word of God and turn. That's what we need in this country. And that's what I'm going to talk about next. I'm going to talk about the three levels of renewal. So we see corruption comes from the person, goes to the generation, families, and then throughout the nation. And things that used to be considered wrong are now okay. And I can really get into some of that, but I won't because of time. I've talked about some of them already. It's a decline. It's a negative. When you have people that don't know what gender they are, and their men act like women and women act like men, that's not a good thing. That's not advancement. That's not progress. That's decline. Regardless of who, who says what, that is decline. That's unnatural. It's screwed up. It's messed up. And it's declining. It's not growing and it's not progressing. That's nonsense. That's denial and that's, that's an excuse for sin. And that's a lie of the devil is what that is. According to the word of God. Three levels of renewal. Personal. Okay, we're right back to the same. Personal, generational, national. How do you get renewed as a person? Let's look at Psalm 71. Psalm 71. Not 71, 51. I'm sorry, 51. Psalm 51. 51. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So, levels of renewal starts with a person first. So it, 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 it's realize that you're in sin, that you're doing wrong, that you're operating in sin, and repenting and asking the Lord to help you and turn from it, turn from it as an individual. God will renew you. This was David praying to, to create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's the attitude we have to have to see renewal as a person. And they can pass into generations. Let's look at Acts 16.31. Acts 16.31. God is such a good God. I'm so thankful for his word, so thankful for his truth, so thankful that he saved me. I'm no better than anyone else. I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. And it's because of his love because of his power, because of his word, that I'm alive today and I'm able to do this podcast. And I just pray that same loving care for you, my brother and sister, that God will wrap his arms around you and, and show you his love and give you a purpose and give you a plan. And in regards to how, what you've done in your life, you may feel like you've screwed up too big. Oh, I've made too many mistakes. God certainly can't forgive me. Oh, yes, yes, he can. He already has. You just need to receive it in Jesus' name. So we have generational renewal next after personal. Acts 16, 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. So we see a transference of revival. We see a transference of renewal in that verse in the book of Acts. And that's generational so the same, same way sin corrupts, starts personal, and then it moves into the family, and then it moves out of the family into to other uh, segments of the population, and ultimately the nation gets corrupt. Revival and righteousness, and God's Holy Spirit, and the power of God can do the same thing. It starts with a person, each individual. And if you get that bulldog faith, and you get that attitude, you know what, I don't care how nasty, how yucky that person is being to me, I'm still going to show them love. You just keep on, my brother and sister, doing that. Because it will have an effect. Now, ultimately, you can't guarantee. There, it's, it's, it's truth in the scripture that you cannot uh, guarantee that, that your family, somebody in your family, you're going to like force them to get saved and born again. They still have a free will. 
there's a scripture, I think it's in the book of Corinthians, I can't remember exactly, it's Corinthians, talks about a, a, uh, a, uh, a godly woman staying with an unbelieving husband. That they should, but if he wants to go, then he goes. There's no guarantee that you're going to, to save him, so to speak. And that could go the other direction. Save her. I believe it's in the book of Corinthians. I could be wrong. That's clearly in the New Testament. So we cannot think that we're going to, like, if we're just persistent, we just keep on holding on and praying and believing and tithing and screaming and rolling and whatever else we might do, dancing, that we're going to force somebody to receive Christ. You can't do that. It's not, it's not biblical. It's not biblical. But you can definitely turn the heat up, and guess what? There are going to be some that are going to receive Christ because of it because of your faithfulness, but a person can take and, and refuse and be stubborn and be so full of themselves and be eaten up with the, 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 you know, the spirit of the world and they need to fall. They need to fall hard. God needs to bring them down. But you can also, you get people that are right there teeter-tottering on the edge and if you just show them love and you're persistent and you pray and you give and you do the things that God's asked you to do, You'll see a change. You'll see a change. And that's how revival spreads. Uh, ultimately, the Bible says we can't get saved unless the Holy Spirit draws us. That's what it teaches. God draws us to himself by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at national renewal. Joel, this is a very familiar passage. Peter, Peter quoted this passage. The day of Pentecost. Let's look at Joel chapter 2, 28 through 32. Joel chapter 2, 28 through 32. I do not know what just happened here. <clears throat> just went into a different app or something. There we go. Joel chapter 2. Where are you, Joel? I just had you. There we go. Joel. 28 through 32. Got it now. Yeah, it went, went off of what I'm normally looking at onto something else. I don't know why it did that. But it's a very familiar passage. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now remember Peter uh, quoted these scriptures when the book, in the book of Acts when the spirit fell the day of Pentecost. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, not just servants and handmaids, men and women, not just women, not just men, okay? I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit tired of hearing like, like, I don't, I don't want to go into it. I'll just leave this, I'll leave that, I'll leave that subject alone. Also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, and the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. So we see national renewal. But notice it was a, it's a remnant. It didn't say the entire nation. It didn't say everybody. It didn't say that if we just pray and believe and we just vote for the right people and that we'll just slowly take over the country and then we'll move from America over to this country and we'll take that one over and then we'll take this one over and we'll slowly make the world you know, ready for Jesus and then Jesus will come back. It didn't say that. That's, not, that's craziness, man. That's nonsense scriptures that, or nonsense teachings that are taken out of context. The Bible says there's a remnant. A remnant of people whom the Lord shall call. But we need to get those folks in. I mean, we need to get those people in the boat that God's called into the boat. He knows people's hearts. It says in it, it did, at the end of those chapters in the book of Acts, those who should be saved were saved. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. There can be a national renewal. There are many, 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 many souls out there that that are in sin, that are that are out of uh, God's will. That ultimately God desires 
to be saved. He knows their heart and he knows they're ripe for the harvest. And we can see that, that level of renewal in this nation. We can see a mighty revival. I don't know, you know, I've talked about this in weeks past. I don't know when the ends for sure, you know, when Jesus is coming back. If, if we're like right on the precipice or, or it's going to be a long time before, you know, I don't really know. But I know scripture teaches that we're to get out there and minister to those. And, and, and there's going to be hearts that are going to be ready to receive Christ. And those who reject, just like Jesus said, dust off your feet, told his disciples, and go on to the next house. They're not ready. No man comes to the Father unless I draw him, the Bible says. Unless the Spirit draws, no man can come to the Father. So there is going to be a renewal. There is going to be a renewal. There's going to be a remnant. According to, to this, this verse, in verse 32 in Joel chapter 2. And the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And there's going to be those who are going to prophesy. And it's going to be both men and women. It's going to be a move of God. There's, there's I, I, Intercessory prayer isn't just, just, just for women, okay? And I'm getting tired of hearing that. Men can be intercessors too. It says here, and I also pour upon the spirit, servants and the, upon the handmaids in those days. In those days, will I pour upon the spirit, pour out the spirit. Both men and women, servants and handmaids, God's going to pour out His spirit. So, in, a, in an intercessory uh, spirit prayer, is for both men and women, not just women or not just men. God uses both. Both fell in the garden and both are redeemed. So I'm just a little bit tired of this. It's the spirit of the world's kind of crept into the church, you know, and it's kind of separate, you know, and cause corruption and cause negativity and cause hurt feelings between men and women. Yes, there are many, many women who, who have the gift of intercession who, who should be on their knees praying, but for us to think that that, that, that that's the only ones that can have, that men can't intercede. And that, you know, it's not, it's not either way. It's not, well, you men get your acts together and we'll have revival. You women get your, it's both. We all need to personally get our acts together and we'll see a renewal. That's the truth of the word of God. I'm going to end this with some, oh, this is going to be some dry stuff. <laughs> but it's, it's the different civilizations and empires that have existed in previous years. I'm just going to go through this real quick. I got these in my notes. I don't know if I'm going to talk about every single one of them. But let's give an example of how, how there were civilizations that existed that no longer exist. So for us to think, you know, I'm in the United States of America. I know I have folks that watch and listen from other countries. But there were, there were civilizations that were powerful civilizations in the past. They got corrupt. So for us to think that we're just going to go on our happy, merry way is, is craziness in this country, United States of America. There was a, there was a civilization called Akkadian from 20, 2334 to 2145 uh, B.C. It was 180 years. They ended up no longer existing because of severe drought. The Hittites, 1650 to 1190 B.C., 460 years of existence. Governmental corruption ultimately took them out. The Mycenaean Greece Empire, 1750 to 1050 BC, 700 years of existence. Conflict and natural disasters also ultimately took them out. It was a demise. Neo-Assyrian from 911 to 609 BC, 302 years. Violent conflicts, war, fighting amongst themselves, caused that empire and civilization to no longer exist. The Angor Ang try to say this Angorian from 802 to, I'm not sure what CE is, 802 to 1203 CE, that's 401 years. Droughts and floods took that civilization out. What they call the Tang Empire from 618 to 907 AD, that's 289 years. Violent conflict again amongst themselves and wars and lust for power caused that civilization to no longer be. Zappa, 1500 to 100 BCE, that's 1400 years. That's a long civilization there. Catastrophic, okay. catastrophic floods. I can talk. Cause that nation to or that civilization to no longer exist. 
The Maya civilization, from 250 to 900 CE, which is 650 years, violent conflict again amongst themselves caused that civilization to no longer exist. The Mutapa civilization, from 1430 to 1760 AD, that's 330 years. Economic collapse is what caused that country, and that nation, that empire to no longer exist. Are you seeing a pattern? The Olmec civilization, from 1400 to 400 BCE, that's 1,000 years. That's a long time. Drought and violent conflict caused that nation to no longer, and that empire civilization no longer exist. So we see the pattern throughout history. These are proven. This is, this is factual information. This, is, this isn't uh, stuff that I've just made up. You can look into this if you can remember all those names. <laughs> there are some debates about exactly, you know, why for sure these nations, these civilizations, these empires uh, declined and, and, and ultimately were demised. But it's a fact in history that they're gone. They're no longer here. So we better realize we live on a cursed planet uh, amongst sinners, amongst evil. And if less we have the Lord Jesus Christ, unless we see renewal, uh, we got problems. We got lots and lots of problems. If we do not repent, change our ways, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, and recognize as an individual that we have sinned and we need a Savior and change our behavior, and when we start changing our behavior, that affects others. And it propagates, and next thing you know, it gets into other ones, and goes, and goes, it's seed time harvest. It's cause and effect. And that's how a nation can be renewed. In Jesus' name. We can, we can do it, brothers and sisters. We can see our nation shook for, the, for Jesus Christ, and changed. But it starts with you. It starts with me. And it'll propagate, and it'll be a wonderful thing, in the name of Jesus. I just trust that this word has touched you. I finished up this teaching on national corruption, and and uh, I just pray that God uses it and it ministers to many. Uh, spread the word, share it on your Facebook page, uh, share it to others that you know. Uh, they're welcome. Send me, they'll send me a friend's request on Facebook. I'll you know immediately add you. Uh, my podcast also available audio. It's on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, I just trust that that God will use us in a mighty way to uh, spark revival along with the other embers, other, other ministers, other people, wherever they may be that are doing the same thing. Uh, it's not just about one individual. It's about the entire body of Christ and his church. And, and Christ loves his church. He died for his church. And he, we better not be messing with his church. That's all I got to say. Because he gets a little bit angry when people start coming against the anointing and coming against what he wants to do. I wouldn't want to be one of them, my brother and sister. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and just thank him for this word. And I'll pray and pray that you are blessed and God uses you in the, in the next few weeks to come until I'm on here again. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you for your wonderful word, for your wonderful truth, for, for the teaching, God, about national corruption that you've given me, God. I pray that the levels that, I, that I've taught and the way I've taught it, what I've said has touched individuals, touched individuals' lives. God, I pray that if they didn't get to hear the entire podcast, they go back and watch it. Uh, and, and it's recording, God, or they listen to it on audio, and it affects them, God, and we'll see a spread of revival, of renewal from the individual to generations, family members, friends, and ultimately it'll flood the nation. That's what we believe for, God. That's how it happened in the book of Acts. That's how it happened. That's why I'm a believer, God, because of, of how, how those things affected and passed down through centuries, Lord. I just pray that your spirit will seal this word in each individual, God. We just thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. I will be back here in a couple weeks. More than likely, it's going to be on Friday. I think the next two podcasts are more likely going to be on Friday. And uh, I've got some things cooking in my spirit. I was sitting in church today. God was talking to me about Octo. I'll just let you look into that. The word octo, O-C-T-O. And uh, I believe that God's going to uh, give me some revelation on that. And uh, it's going to be a blessed time next time we get together. So my brother and sister, I just pray a blessing on you. 
pray God uses you in a mighty way to stir up the fires of revival wherever you may be, wherever you may be in the world. God will use you, my brother and sister. Till next time, be blessed.